the following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. Hey, how's it going? This is WWE's Lita, and you're listening to Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome, everyone, to Perched on the Top Rope. I am your host, former dirt sheet writer, Lee Walker, and I am joined by the adorable one, Alex Todd, from twitch.tv slash perched on the top rope. He's also our video editor at youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. And we also have the perched correspondent, Justin Largito. You can also catch him vlogging at youtube.com in Justin We Trust. Boys, what's up? What's up, Lee? How's it going? Just Hello, cry, baby. Ah, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Not even a minute into the show. We're already he could, oh. Yeah, I, I, I was hoping he had enough wherewithal to, you know, just wait it out a little bit, show a little nope. bit of patience. No, no. I wanted to get the inside joke out now before we really dug into everything wrestling news related that happened this week and from monday night raw what we saw holy crap uh yeah especially Mon- being in the building this past monday bro monday yeah. night raw monday night raw is basically becoming a can't miss show every week yeah, and i i'm living for it because that's what it used to be yeah you know you watch raw and then you think well how do you top that and they they do really well in the ratings and smackdown does better in the ratings great same fucking show since triple h has been back wwe is back on the right track i would say and justin you were there at monday night raw this week what was that like man i will say it straight off the fucking top man like this was one of at least one of my favorite raws I've ever been to live. Like this show was so much fucking fun, fun from beginning to end. Uh, and I will say a little side note: uh, Bray Wyatt Fiend merch is back at the merch stands, and this fucking line was all the way down the hall of Barclay Center. Like I've never seen the merch stand this or the line for the merch stand this long in my life. I mean, what do you expect? You were at the you were at the first televised show after Bray Wyatt returned. So right. Yeah. I mean, it was it was bound to happen. Oh yeah, I know. Was- especially with the new DX merchandise they came out with that day too. Did you uh, uh did you get Tim a nice little fiend hoodie? Uh no, I did not. Uh because I didn't want to, you know, desecrate the brand new hoodie uh so soon after buying it. But how uh, much was his merch? Uh the Bray Wyatt merch. Yeah. Uh, so they just had the masks. They didn't have any new T-shirts or anything, but uh, anywhere between seventy-five for the replica mask, and then uh, I think it was like twenty-five for the plastic one. You know, that's just stuff they've had sitting in the warehouse since they released them. Oh yeah, and they had the old Fiend Universal title too, if you remember what that looks like with the giant face on it. Yeah, because yeah, give it about two weeks. Give it about two weeks, and that's going to be retro merch, and all of his stuff is his new stuff's going to be out. Right. Uh, I guess how not many people bought the first time around. How much was the ugly belt? I'm not sure. I remember when it was on WB Shop, it was like 425 or something like that. So let's say it was 450 here. And that's just me guessing. 
I feel like yeah. I just disagree with belts when it comes to belts with you guys a lot because I, for specifically for Gray himself, I actually like the title. I mean, my problem was that it didn't look like a title, but I don't know. I, I like the, I like the had the giant fucking face on it. I, I like the custom stuff. I don't know. I think it would have been cooler if they had done it like the lantern where he that he carried with Bray's old face on it with like the open mouth. I think that would have been a little cooler. Yeah. But yeah, uh, we got off track with the merch stand stuff. But anyway, uh, yeah. very fun show. Uh, we had the obviously the DX 25th anniversary reunion. That was fun. Uh, we had the bloodline on the show. We had the return of Brock Lesnar, uh, and not only the return of Brock Lesnar, but costing Bobby Lashley the United States Championship. And we have a new United States Champion, which I think we're all pretty happy about all the way around here on this show. And his name is Seth Frickin' Rollins. Yeah, I'm. I like. I have nothing against Bobby. I would have been fine with him holding the title longer. He was a great U.S. Champion. This comes more so from the fact that it has been entirely too long since Seth Rollins has held gold on WWE television. I get that him and him and Murphy were tag team champions at one point, weren't they? Yeah. I think that was the last time Seth had any kind of title. Right. 927 days. Right. So like, I mean, that, that was okay because he had just kind of came off that universal title run not too long before, but when it comes to, to, to singles gold, he hasn't held any since he lost the universal title. And that was, the end of 2019 so it's it's been about three years since he's held singles gold and it's it's refreshing to see him as a champion again i'm glad you brought up 27 days that motherfucker has not held a belt now i might not have always been a fan of him but man it felt good i don't care how he won to watch that man win a belt and justin killed about 20 minutes which kudos on that one uh Yo, that was just a fucking, it was a great match. Brock's return. I hope we get the Brock Lashley match that we should get. And it's not just a five minute match. Although I am concerned. I don't think Bobby Lashley should take a German suplex. I fear that man is going to end up with a torn rotator cuff by how he lands. Well, well he, had, he has a history of... Sh- Bobby has a history of shoulder problems too, so he's got to be careful of that. Like you, did you see how he was landing? He it was like all over again. He's like just dropping right on a shoulder and rolling back because he's so big. He can't take a he can't take it just going backwards. He's gonna land on his head first. Right. There's a difference between how Brock german suplexed bobby and the the other bigger men he suplexed before like at least with braun so braun for example yes he's a large like jack human being but he's also lean to an extent because like his muscles don't bulge out same thing with like someone like goldberg or you know there's been a couple other people but bobby is so chiseled that i feel like it's probably almost with the amount of muscle because that man's arms are huge it's probably hard for him to be able to actually rotate the right way to actually take a german suplex like it's actually scary to watch that man take a German suplex. And, you know, I bet the German suplexes, that's probably what fucked him up earlier this year when he was out for about a month or two going into it. Well, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was like a shoulder related injury after. Yeah, because it, well, no, it was right before elimination chamber. Uh, that's what it was. Yeah. Before that was the one with Brock. 
Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. He didn't wrestle in between the match with Brock and Elimination Chamber, did he? Right. No, and then he came back for that spot, and he didn't even wrestle in the match. Right, because we thought before that he wasn't. There was speculation he wasn't even going to make it to Elimination Chamber, and then he still did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you're right. I'm pretty sure that's what messed him up to begin with. So like, it's it's pretty concerning, but I hope we get a match that we deserve this time, and not just a quick quick fucking flip flop bullshit. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm know, excited Seth. to be Lesnar no matter what. So, yeah, you you know what else I'm excited for that Raw did? Hmm. Boys, we have some fucking returns, uh, and I, I'm going to start with one that it was just it was just a return for next week. I'm going to start with this one first. Okay. Elias returns hmm. to Monday Night Raw next week. Yeah, I'll say this in the live in the Barclays Center when this vignette aired on the uh, Titantron, the place gave it a big fucking pop, like big pop for Elias. They they fucking missed this guy, and Word. you know I hope, I hope when Ezekiel is good and healthy, he'll come back and him and Elias can win the tag titles. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Because right. that man that Kevin Owens took out that was uh, that that was not Elias. That was he was mistaken. That was his that was his brother Ezekiel. I'm sorry. Do you yeah. have fucking? Of course, that wasn't Elias. It was Ezekiel. Well, yeah. No, I know. I know. I just I know that Kevin Owens got confused before, so I was just helping him out in case he got confused again. Okay. Good. I, I'm just happy we get to hear what does WWE stand for? Walk. We want walk. epilepsy. Oh, oh oh shit! That took a dark twist. That wasn't that wasn't it. No. All right. All right. Uh. Well, yeah. What is it? What does it stand for, guys? All right. Let's try this again. Fuckly mute his mic. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what does WWE stand for? Walk. We wake off elephants. Mm. No. Okay. I'm done. Yeah. What the fuck All is right. his yeah. problem? Did he take a speedball before that we went fucking live on the air? Yeah, dude. He went and saw Mike Bailey at Impact. That's speedball, Mike Bailey. What does WWE stand for? Walk with Elias. Elias returns next week. Hey, wasn't that worth it? Wasn't that worth it in the end once you guys finally got to it? Yes, it was. It was very, 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 I'm very worth please, it. I'm here to please the people. Now there was another return also that we saw, boys. Justin. Oh, yeah. You, you might remember these guys. Uh, we interviewed them in Albany, New York. Or no. Poughkeepsie. Yeah. Poughkeepsie. Yeah, I'm sorry. Same, same thing, basically. Yeah, it's New York. Out of Poughkeepsie. Now, at the time, they were in Impact Wrestling. Now, at the Judgment Day, were in the ring. Some man comes out named AJ Styles. That man needs some backup. That man gets his backup. Justin. Alex. The Good Brothers are back in WWE. Man, I I never thought I'd see the fucking day. I'd see Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson back on WBTV. Too sweet me softly, brother. Yeah, because they had done an interview at one point, and Carl had said if they go back to WWE that it was 
basically financially financial driven reasons. So, well, I also think that was before one Paul Levesque took over creative of WWE as well. Yeah, yeah. Nobody, nobody way, really saw that ever happening until Vince died. And by the way, fans, after this show, we're going to play that interview for you with the Good Brothers. So stay tuned after the show. You're getting a bonus interview this week. Hey. Yeah, Justin, I, I, how loud was the crowd? <laughs> Dude, it was fucking... That place erupted. The crowd was hot all night. I'll just say that like straight away. But as soon as AJ came out and you kind of heard like the verbiage he was using, how he needs a family, this, that, and the other... I think all of us knew where this was going. And even still, I'm sitting there and I don't want to believe it, even though I heard the rumors earlier in the day uh, that the Good Brothers and AJ were filming something in Washington, D.C. the day before. But I'm still like, man, it feels like way too soon for Anderson and Gallows to come out. Like, this news just broke hours ago, you know? Like, we just saw them last on Impact, like, two weeks ago. Right. It was not very long. and Yeah. It's even crazier to think that, I mean, me and you, Lee, were literally interviewing these guys less than six months ago, and here they are back in WB. Yeah, it, it's really cool they're back. I hope that they get, I hope they get used the way they want to be used. You know what I mean? You know, since Triple H has, has taken the positions he's had, Man, this company is doing amazing, amazing work. And, and these returns just keep getting better and better. Now, and, you know, the timing on Gallows and Anderson coming back is all it's perfect because AJ's just been lacking a fucking direction for months and months now. Like there there's there'll be like a span of a few weeks where he's just not even on the show at all. Yeah, he's and basically then, been lacking, in my opinion, since him and Omos broke up because even the him and Edge feud felt rushed. Right, exactly. It, it's just like they haven't had anything for AJ, and I feel like we're just wasting AJ Styles while we have him in the company. Yeah, and it's just glad to have these guys back in general, too. You know, gives AJ... Now we're going to see him on, on TV weekly again. Right. Which is, which is good. Uh, and this also feeds into what I was predicting to you guys probably, what, maybe 10 minutes before the good brothers return because i had made a hypothetical when we were talking in the group chat that day about how if the good brothers had returned that night which i had a feeling they were going to because we've noticed recently returns in the past have usually been kind of spoiled to the internet weeks in advance most of the time now when we find out that somebody is coming back they end up showing up that night right and so I'm, I, I had said this maybe 10 minutes, five, 10 minutes before the Good Brothers came out. And I said, is this the War Games match we're getting? With the direction Judgment Day is going in and actually getting their heat now, and with Gellis and Anderson, I could almost see a three-on-three War Games match, or they recruit a fourth person, and that's where Rhea comes back into the equation. Yeah, and like I said, it was, it was just insane. Uh and uh oh I, I had to think about what i was gonna say so uh as we all know let's just address the elephant in the room carl anderson is still the reigning never open weight champion in new japan he is currently set to defend the title 
on, I believe it's November 5th against Tikaleo. Now, by the sound of it, he will be honoring that defense. He will be going to Japan. He will be defending the title against Tikaleo. But from what it sounds like, then we could see the Good Brothers in New Japan up until Wrestle Kingdom next year. Which so, is an, it, it's insane, too, because from what I read the other day, I believe this is the first time in like it's either 20 or 30 years that a New Japan pro wrestling champion has appeared on WWE slash WWF television. Right. I would love if this ends up slowly over time forming a relationship between New Japan and WWE. Well, you see, that's what's going to happen. 100%. You cannot tell me otherwise. Because here's the thing. New Japan Pro Wrestling has always worked with what I would tell you as seemingly the underdogs in professional wrestling since the late 80s, 88, 89 with WCW, NWA slash WCW, worked with them basically all the way up until 2001. Then after that, they really didn't have anything. Uh, WWE never really you know, played like that. They didn't like to share their toys. So who do they work with? TNA, Impact, Ring of Honor, now AEW. Working with the other small fish in the pond when you're a medium-sized fish doesn't necessarily do anything for you or do anything for your product. When you watch AEW, when they have great stars of New Japan Pro Wrestling, nine times out of ten, that AEW star is going to win. Impact Wrestling, it's at least a little more fair. With, I would say, probably a more close to like a 60-40 split on the victories, at least, when they had worked with Impact. I would say with Ring of Honor, you were probably looking at a 50-50 split. Absolutely. Honestly, when with you're... Ring of Honor, it seems like New Japan went over a lot more than they did on like those War of the World specials. Yeah. But here's my thing. When you're the medium fish and you're working with all the small fish in America, those small fish are not helping your medium-sized fish. They're not helping your fish get bigger. WWE is the, the largest fish in the pond. So who, who are you going to stick around? Who are you going to go to? This, in my opinion, is the gateway to start seeing a New Japan Pro Wrestling WWE relationship again, where we get a few New Japan Pro Wrestlers come over, but it will start off slow. I.e. like NXT Europe when they start doing that. Yep. Or NXT America in general. Because that main roster in WWE, aside from a few people who have worked in New Japan, like Gallows and Anderson, Finn Balor, AJ Styles. Shinsuke Nakamura. Shinsuke, they're the ones that are going to be able, on the main roster, to actually really be able to work with the, the New Japan guys and be able to work their style because they have a sense and knowledge and training in the strong style which New Japan carries. 
they also have and a knowledge of those wrestlers stories too which can help them allow to explain to the audience who these people are where they came from yeah and that's where i hope like commentators because wwe now has uh foreign commentators from ireland and other countries uh working the sticks now I, I would hope that we would get some more information than like what we do when these these wrestlers show up at AEW and you don't really know who they are and it's not really explained to you. At least at Impact, you get a good background knowledge of that wrestler. So I would hope that WWE, if something like this happens and I'm right, that they go that route. Not to mention knowledge. Not to mention, too, that sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Lee. Um, I wanted to go off of something you were saying, not to mention that Michael Cole is almost uncensored now and what, what he's allowed to talk about, too. And he's already shown thing. he's also yeah. already shown a knowledge on national television of other companies, too. So, you know, that man watches and he is one of the best people to get facts and knowledge of wrestlers from other companies. And, you know, like Corey Graves something as simple as bringing up Anoki's WWF championship win and saying, well, it counts in my book, you know, after Anoki had passed away. Right. You know, it goes to show that, yeah, they are knowledgeable in, in this. So, you know, maybe we're going to start seeing WWE acknowledge that there's a lot more wrestling in the universe that meets the eye. You know, so maybe we're going to start seeing more and more get acknowledged. And, you know, realistically, it would be WWE that could help break New Japan into the American market like they've been constantly looking to do, but it just never happens properly. I think there's a lot that the wrestlers in WWE could learn from the style of Japanese wrestling, too. Because unlike the, um, I want to call it the indie scene style wrestling, no offense to them, guys like the way that the guys like the Young Bucks, Kenny Rule, Mega Wrestling, um, Will Ospreay, a lot of flips, a lot of jumping. The New Japan guys know how to do that occasionally, but they also know how to play a mat, like a, a fast paced mat game that isn't just like the mat game that WWE plays where it's just a headlock for like a couple of minutes. The guys in New Japan know how to play a mat game that like has a little more speed in its step and still keeps the fans interested and i think that could be really good for the people in uh wwe as well and also lee you me and rob talked about this i want to say it might have been about a year ago when we did like a fantasy book up uh i think it was during one of the world's collides weekends of what we would like to see if there ever was a new japan wwe crossover for like wrestle kingdom or wrestlemania and i said if this ends up going well <clears throat> i need either Shinsuke Nakamura versus Okada, or I need AJ Styles versus Okada at WrestleMania. Eventually. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. And we know that Triple H isn't opposed to working with these indie companies. We've seen it when he was, you know, in charge in NXT for the most part, uh, working with Evolve and ICW in Scotland. And, you know, WE did bring in Jushin Thunder Liger for a match mm -hmm. against Tyler Breeze at NXT TakeOver at one point. I was going to say like, that. Yeah. Triple H showed up. Triple H showed up on ICW. Right. So, yeah. One can only hope. But, Justin, how would you rate Raw having been there live out of 10? Uh, I would say, honestly, fucking 9 out of 10. 
And the only reason Where? I don't give it a 10 out of 10 is because they dick teased us bringing out Bray Wyatt twice during the show and he never came out. And, you know, speaking of Bray, we did find out that he will be exclusive to SmackDown. Not only will he be exclusive to SmackDown, we have found out that WWE has been trademarking the names for what is seemingly going to be the Wyatt Six. It'll be interesting to see if they come out in the full uh, characters as we saw them when Bray made his return at Extreme Rules. But we have also heard the rumor that Bo Dallas is going to be returning to WWE. And guys, that would just leave you honestly to believe that he's one of the Wyatt Six. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially if that news broke as soon as Bray came back. It's just a given, you know? Yeah, and and it's his brother. Right. Now, there is one name that we broke the news on the internet, guys, that dirt sheet writers like Will Gray of uh, Botched Spots and Chair Shots Sports Kita have picked up. And it is our news that has not been broken anywhere else that Colin Delaney is going to be one of the Wyatt Six. Now, I'm not going to reveal my source just because no journalist ever reveals their source, let's be honest. I'm not revealing it. Uh, as far as, and it makes it really hard to even tell the story on how I know you have to trust me. I know that Colin Delaney is a manager at a toy store in Victor, New York. The toy store is called heroes hideout. Colin has left his job in his last day. Well, his last day was yesterday. Because today is Friday and SmackDown is tonight. I have a very, very, very good source. And I mean very, very, very good. Colin Delaney is one of the Wyatt Six. Now, I know everyone's going to sit here and think, wait, that guy who was part of the reboot of ECW and was a jobber? Wait, that guy who works as talent enhancement for ROH? AEW, like on Dark and Dark Elevation. Don't forget 205 Live when it was a thing. 205 Live. Let's be real. When was 205 Live a thing? Okay. (laughs) So while he's been doing that, I don't think people are expecting the Wyatt Six to exactly be who they are. These are going to be people... I believe that are picked by Bray because Colin has a very good tie with Brody Lee. They came up in the same area together of Rochester, New York. They worked a lot of the same independent companies together, you know, being in ring of honor around the same time with each other. These guys, you know, these are guys that knew each other really, really, really well. I think you're going to see a lot of tie-ins to a lot of old things related to Wyatt and or friend related. So you already know, 
Bo Dallas is rumored to return. It's that's an obvious that he's going to be a Wyatt six. He's going to, you know, he's, he's picking his people. Colin Delaney is one that's been picked. He is a Wyatt six. You don't leave a manager's position, which I'm assuming manager's positions pay pretty well still, no matter what. Right. I mean, you're in charge of like a whole store. So I have to imagine that he, he's got some sort of at least a couple-year deal. Colin Delaney, a Wyatt Six. And I've also heard rumblings of uh, Eric Rowan being re-signed. Now, I can't confirm that or anything, but it's definitely possible. Well, I've, I've, I've heard that one, too. And, I mean, you also have to understand when all this stuff was coming together with the white rabbit, this and that Bray Braun and Eric were all tweeting at each other. Right. I mean, there's a lot of speculation there in itself, but as far as this, I think these are people that it's going to be the Wyatt six, his way. And we're going to see people in different limelights, even though we know how we remember them we're going to see them in a whole new limelight with this Wyatt six. And I think it's going to be incredible. Well, and it's fun that that ties into you saying that Bray Wyatt has been named as an exclusive SmackDown star, because if they really want to start this out soon, if you recall about a week or so ago, Braun Strowman did slowly start what is going to be his inevitable feud with the bloodline. He, he came out with the new day to, um, you know, basically fend off the fucking the bloodline and, you know, that's just the beginning of it. So I have a feeling that's how they're going to integrate Bray into it. And if Bray's going to SmackDown, there's there's no doubt in my mind he's going after Roman because he's the man that Roman beat for the universal title that he still holds. That championship that he had, that blue championship, that ugly-ass blue championship that's on his shoulder, he won that from Bray Wyatt. Yeah. I don't think those are bad names, though. I'd be excited for a Bo Dallas return. We've, we've met Bo Dallas. I'd be excited for Colin Delaney's return, to be honest with you. Watching him on AEW Dark and Dark Elevation has been great. I would love to see him play a dark character. Because to be honest, he's always happity, yippity, yappity. Colin's on his way, dancing to the ring. A dark character would be great for him, especially since he quote tweeted us in a very funny way, but... Hey, we'll see you Friday. Now, do you think we see the Bloodline versus the Wyatt Six in War Games at Survivor Series this year? I was going to say that's my other option, my other opinion, if they go the SmackDown route with War Games. See, I'm not sure because, like, and, it, and it's hard because, like, we've kind of, we've, we've talked this already, but card subject to change and, like, the, the this throws curveballs and everything now right and yeah. we also don't know who else is going to end up being in the wyatt six we don't know who else could end up being involved in the judgment day uh oc feud we don't even know if either of those teams are going to be in more games it's still a little too far out to predict that yeah because like i don't remember what episode it was but like when we talked about this when we found out that war games was going to be part of survivor series at that point we had we had it lined up that it was 100% going to be judgment day related if it was raw. 
And if it was SmackDown, we knew it would be Bloodline related. And that's as much as we had. So still interesting to see what happens there. But Bo Dallas returning, Colin Delaney, part of the Wyatt Six. Hey. Now, that's all we got for WWE this week. I'm going to pass it over to the perched correspondent, Justin Largitoe. That's me. Because, well, ladies and gentlemen, just like last week's episode was not spoiler-free is the way to be, because we told you the impact tapings that happened yesterday for October uh, 13th there. That's the 13th, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. These will be for October 20th. Yeah. We're giving you the spoilers for this coming Thursday, October 20th. Justin... Let the fans know what happens on Impact. Uh, there's a lot of wrestling, a few segments, main event. And that was the end of the show. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so we had to start off the show, and there was definitely something we, did, we didn't catch, like a backstage segment or something, because it started out with Bully Ray and Tommy Dreamer. Uh, it was initially advertised as they would be taking on Chris Bay and Ace Austin. And by the time they came out, it was... Chris Bay and Juice Robinson. Now, Robinson and Bully were arguing about something. Like, Bully didn't know Robinson was in the match. He was asking, where's Ace Austin, this, that, the other. And then even after the match, because actually, I know this because it was right in front of us. We could pretty much hear the argument going on. Uh, You could hear Bully Ray arguing with Chris Bay, asking, like, what happened to Ace? Where's Ace? You know, so something happened backstage and we probably won't find out about that for a week. Uh, Where is Ace Austin? Put him on your milk cartons, everyone. We're going to find this man. Hashtag where is Ace Austin? Where is Ace Austin? Uh, Following that, we had Taylor Wilde defeating the now gone from Impact, Mia Yim. Uh, So that's Mia Yim's last match in Impact. Uh, After that, Mickey James came out. Uh, she wanted to announce that she would like to face Taylor Wilde on the last rodeo, more than likely her next opponent. No date for that match was announced because after that, VXT, or excuse me, Vexed, we've determined is the name of that team. And yes, Giselle Shaw ran in, uh, ran in from the crowd, attacked James and Taylor Wilde. And then Jordan Grace comes out. She makes the save, kicks the shit out of Vexed and Giselle Shaw. And that's the end of that segment. But then we get one of the greatest segments in Impact history after that. Well, actually, I'm not too sure about that because that might come later on in the show and you'll you'll know what I'm talking about when I get to it. But we had the prestigious one, Joe Hendry. He defeated Jason Hotch in a match I'm giving six stars and I don't even care. But following that, uh, Scott Demore came out. Uh, the week before or actually I should say minutes before in this case, Frankie Kazarian announced that he wanted to cash in on the option C for the X Division Championship and challenge Josh Alexander for the world title. Uh, Frankie agreed, and because of this, there's going to be an eight-man tournament for the X Division Championship, which will uh, culminate at, I was going to say AEW for some some reason. I think that's because Frankie Kazarian's on here, but... Uh, it'll conclude at Impact Overdrive, which is the next Impact Plus live event. Uh, but also that night, it'll be Frankie Kazarian facing Josh Alexander for the Impact World Championship. 
Uh, Frankie talks on a bit about how he's never been a champion. All his friends like Joe, Daniels, AJ, they've all been world champions, but he hasn't. He wants to change that. Then uh, Steve Macklin comes out. He, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He kicked the shit out of Frankie Kazarian until Josh Alexander ran out. Uh, they had a stare down and they leave. Following that, uh, Rich Swan defeated Eric Young. After that, one of the men in the yellow hoodies came out and attacked Rich Swan. Uh, Young and Diener proceeded to jump Rich Swan. Then the lights went out and Sammy Callahan appeared and chased off Island by Design. Uh, another big one. So we had Heath Slater and Rhino defeating Matt Taven and Michael Bennett to become the new Impact World Tag Team Champions. Uh, Eddie Edwards came out after this. He was pissed at Honor No More. And he had just lost the world title shot. Uh, Taven and Bennett had just lost the tag titles. Kenny King is there, and he lost his shot at the X Division Championship a few weeks ago. Vincent is just thinking about what he's going to do that following Monday. And after that, he blames PCO for, you know, not being able to win the world championship and all of honor no more's misfortunes the last few weeks. So PCO gets tired of his shit and then he takes out everyone. Like he just fucking kills him. Takes out Kenny King. He does a suicide dive on Taven and Taven and Bennett. He choke slams Vincent through a steel chair and Eddie Edwards ran off somewhere so he didn't get to him yet, but he'll he will get to him soon. And from that segment, it looks like it is the end of Taven, Bennett, Maria, and Vincent in Impact Wrestling. Uh, no update on Kenny King on if he's staying or not. We haven't heard anything yet. I'm going to assume he's staying. Uh, but PCO, we know, has signed a deal, and it looks like it's going to be him and Eddie Edwards going forward. Uh, the Motor City Machine Guns, what, before I even get into this, it looks like this match was actually taped for the before the Impact show because it was advertised for impact before the impact on October 13th, but the motor city machine guns defeated Mahabali, bleh, Mahabali Shira and Raj Singh. Uh, and this will be a match to watch. I'm not sure if this is going to be on before the impact, but dirty Dango defeated Johnny Swinger. Excellent stuff. <laughs> and the main event, <laughs> Are you okay over there, Alex? Excellent stuff, he says. It was it was excellent. You gotta you gotta watch it. Uh, so then we had moves. Was it was originally supposed to be Moose versus Sammy Callahan in a street fight, but Sammy Callahan ain't taking Moose's shit tonight, so he beat the shit out of him during his entrance. Then he got to the ring, said he wants to face Steve Macklin instead. Steve Macklin comes out. They have a very short match. Uh, Sammy puts on an oven mitt, uh, uses a pair of tongs to. Uh, grip on uh, Steve Macklin's dick and twist it. Grab his dick and twist it. Hashtag grab his dick and twist it. And Sammy Callahan gets the win with the spike pile driver. And that is the end to Impact uh, October 20th. So in a short amount of time, Impact loses quite a few people with uh, 80% of honor no more Mia Yim man uh, but 
in lighter news, uh, PCO did sign an extension with them. Eric Young signed a multi-year deal with them again. And Crazy Steve also signed a multi-deal, multi-year deal. So even though they lost quite a few people in a weekend, at least a couple have uh, re-signed with longer deals. And speaking of these contract deals and things like that, it's rumored that WWE would like to bring back Chelsea Green. Not only Chelsea, but when we were just talking about non or no more, it's also highly rumored that WWE has very high interest in signing Matt Taven right now, too. Also, Vincent and Dutch from Ring of Honor were backstage at Raw in Brooklyn. Ooh, things are spicing up at Monday Night Raw. And let me tell you something. With her newly found free agency, I wouldn't be surprised if Triple H is going after Mia Yim to bring her back. Yeah, I mean, nothing's off the table, let's be honest. I mean, he's done a fantastic job with with all these bringing everybody back and and especially the way all these returns are handled and whatnot. But uh, yeah, sad to see a lot of people go from impact, but uh, glad to see some faces staying and staying a bit longer. Now, since... Justin earlier is talking about impact made the mistake when he saw Frankie Kazarian and goes, Oh, AEW and goes, Oh no, this is not the right thing. We're now going to talk about AEW, and I'm going to let Alex take this part away. So Alex, take it away. Alrighty. So in, within the past week or so, we all saw a lot of people have seen on YouTube. A lot of people have seen on TikTok. Ariel Helwani did an interview with Tony Khan. He's been kind of on fire with his interviews lately. He's always been one of the best of the best, but he's been getting some really good interviews lately. He had Seth Rollins and Triple H right around a clash at the castle, for example. And then recently he interviewed Tony Khan. Well, he had some not so great things to say about Tony Khan when it came to his interview. Ariel Helwani said, this was one of the most frustrating and to a degree, not so fun interviews of my career. He didn't want to say anything. You're going to come on and promote X, Y, and Z. Great. And I'll play dance with you. I did at the beginning. But you've got to give us something to not even tell me how you were feeling. I'm not asking for specifics. All right? I am fine. But is Punk going to wrestle for you? Is he coming back? You don't want to get into that? Fine. But tell me how you were feeling. Give me something. Essentially, what this came down to was that throughout most of this interview, just about any question that Ariel asked Tony Khan, he just said, I don't want to answer that. I don't want to answer that. I don't want to answer that. That's not as a promoter, how you do an interview. Listen, he did an interview with triple H. There was stuff that triple H couldn't obviously answer like the return of Bray Wyatt, the return of Braun Strowman. Obviously triple H knew the answer to both of those at the time being considering that Braun returned about a week later and Wyatt just returned. So he already, there's, there's no doubt that he already knew about that talks with Bray Wyatt were supposedly happening from the moment Vince McMahon retired. So Triple H was able to work around that in a way that still respects the journalist, the, you know, the person that puts in probably more time and money than you're putting in to be at that interview. Triple H, all he had to do was show up. Tony Khan, all he had to do was show up. Bet you Ariel had to put a decent amount of money into actually going 
traveling and doing those interviews or getting a hold of the correct people in his case with Tony Khan to be able to contact and be able to do that interview. Lee, Justin, you guys know, you guys have had to put plenty of money into going and interviewing people, whether it's gas money, money for tickets to shows, what, what have you, you know, that is from your side, that's, that's a lot of money you have to put into that. Well, I mean, he's got like big sponsors and stuff, man. He does. He's not paying for nothing. Right, but but I mean I mean at the same time though like he's he's putting in more effort to try and do these shows than the people that have to show up on them. Yeah, and so like for, for go ahead. Okay. No, so like as you were saying, uh, for example, for me to go to Albany to do an interview, I drive trucks. So, it's costing me a minimum minimum $100 in fuel. You know, just for that, just to go to his house. Right. That doesn't include if we're going anywhere else. Uh, We usually go and get food after, you know, so there's an expense. Uh, At the time, you guys have to pay for tickets to go to certain shows to be able to talk to these people afterwards. There's that, you know, if you're doing a meet and greet, you don't want to like go up with a box of 10 fucking items and be like, hey, sign this after an interview. No, you do the meet and greet. Exactly. You, know, you participate in, you know, helping them make money in turn, you know, you know, it's just, it's a fair trade, I guess. Right. But the downfall is like, yeah, you have, a, you know, guys like us have a lot of money invested in this, you know, you know, Alex buying custom PCs just so we can handle audio and video editing, you know, the cameras you got to buy and everything you got to do, like this whole freaking setup behind me was expensive as all hell. I was going to say between Lee and I to get the computers that we did to have to be able to produce the content that we have combined between the two of us, we've probably with our computers and the stuff we've bought for them have probably at a combined amount spent almost up to $10,000 at this point. But back to Ariel though, like while he might not have to spend money now, he's had to put a lot of his own money into getting to where he is. He's had to be able to make these connections to in his case, his money is his time. He had to probably spend a decent amount of time to try and be able to get connections, plan this out, et cetera, et cetera. And for Tony Khan to just come on the show and sit there and say, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. At least spin the question in a way that actually helps your own product to get people um, entertained, whether it's like a segue from not wanting to talk about somebody that's in another company to somebody that's in yours. Um, a segue, like if it's if it's somebody that's on your roster, even giving a vague response, it's better than sitting there and saying, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it because you're shitting on the person whose time you're, you're wasting at that point to be on their show. Because not only at that point are you you running through this man's all these man's questions that he has laid out for you without even giving anything, but you're also kind of taking money out of his pocket at the same time, because if people like us who have not listened to the full interviews here that Tony Khan's just sitting there saying, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Are any of us going to want to go and actually listen to the show? Oh, I'm not going to go fucking listen to it. Fuck that exactly. noise. Exactly. So, I mean, that, that, that is money out of Ariel's pocket at the same time. So I don't, I don't blame him for being upset with the interview. I, I think it was kind of a dick move on Tony Khan's part to not even, I, he doesn't have to address things directly. Just like, Spin it in a way to make that makes the interview entertaining. That's why you're there. If you didn't want to talk about anything, don't show up. Now, here's something that popped into my head. Do you think 
maybe this was a result of Tony Khan still being bitter about the MJF interview that Ariel Hawani did with him earlier this year. And this was kind of his way of getting back at him. It's childish if it is. No, because MJF did another interview with him after that. With Ariel, he did another interview. I I don't I don't think it has any I don't think it's got to do with that. I think it's just I mean, I'm sure for legal issues he can't talk about certain things. He could have just said that. And I'm 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 pretty sure on a couple answers he did for like legal reasons I can't talk about that. So I think in Khan's mind, anything that had to do with that situation, it was just, well, okay, I'm just I'm not gonna answer that. And I don't like I don't know what his thought process was. That's just kind of what I think might have went through his head. But yeah, I, I'm not gonna listen to that fucking interview. There's no way. I I I'm on the guys you know, I get on the media calls for the pay-per-views with AEW. And if you want Tony Condit really answer a question, if it's a good good question, you're gonna hear this man rant for 10, 15 minutes. Like there's just no end about it. So uh, obviously he's been off when doing interviews lately, and there's there there's got to be a reason. Maybe the the stress of everything is getting to him. Uh, there were a couple of things to take away from this interview though one of them being the fact that he openly admitted that wwe is a better product than AEW. he also admitted i believe there's the same interview uh fuck i forgot what it was well anyway he admitted that AEW is not as good as WWE right now. Oh, and it was it was the fans. He addresses the fans about how they act being so stubborn as AEW diehards and basically told the fans to loosen up. Those were the best things that uh Ariel got out of the interview. Those were the those were at. Yeah. Um I think that kind of goes both ways. I think that's a double-edged sword because there's a lot of very toxic WWE fans out there too. Maybe oh, I mean all that. wrestling fans. Yeah, it's... we've we've said this on the show. Just chill the fuck out, watch the show, and enjoy it. You know, and uh, speaking of enjoying the show, AEW Dynamite's main event. Pac taking on Orange Cassidy for the Mid-Atlantic Specific Championship. Is that what it's called, Justin? The oh, All-Atlantic Atlantic Championship. I think Lee is just going to call it the Mid-Atlantic Champion for the rest no, of the time. No, no, I think if he does, he has to say the Mid-Atlantic Specific Championship. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm only asking because I literally wrote it down as the championship nobody cares about. So... I <laughs> That's why I'm asking, like, what what is it? Deal. Is the All-Atlantic Championship. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Anyway, so we see Orange Cassidy win his first AEW championship 
aka the championship nobody cares about because it's rarely been defended or on AEW. We usually see it on uh, Pac and other like independent promotions defending it because that's what its intended purpose was for. My only problem is, is it's its purpose to get the notoriety wasn't working. So here comes Orange Cassidy. Which, by the way, changes theme music back, please. You don't like Jane? I mean, there was no reason to get rid of his his music that he had. I I agree, but you know, I still I still think it's a good song. Like I'm offended a little bit. Well, luckily we didn't ask you. Well, look, if you're offended, Lee, I just have one question for you. Where is your mind? It's wondering why you're offended. Nobody asked where your mind was. <laughs> it's Feed wondering. Your Feed your head. It's it's wondering why you don't look like Danhausen right now. Yo, go fuck yourself with this Danhausen shit. You know what? He he ruined fucking Orange Cassidy's moment last night, by the way. Because he just he can't be fucking relevant on his own. So he has to stick his nose in every other everyone else's fucking segments on TV. I just want to say that if it wasn't for Dan House and Orange Cassidy would not be champion number one. Bullshit. Okay. Number you know two. What? Hold on. I'm not done. You do not interrupt me. Number two. You're sorry. I'm not sorry. Number three. No, no. no number three. Uh, you're rude as fuck. And that's going to stop. Hold on. May I interject for a moment? Number four. That's allowed, Justin, because you know why? He said, may I? Get some fucking manners, Justin. Okay. Manners. May I may I bury the fuck out of Dan House? Does that help, Lee? No. I'm raising my hand. I am actually gonna agree with Justin on this one. Woo! I love Danhausen as a character, but he's about to mute me. <laughs> he's about to mute me. I love Danhausen, but I don't think there was any place for him in this match. I think Orange Cassidy should have been able to fully win this match on his own. I don't think that everybody else needed to be involved. And Danhausen is over enough and Orange Cassidy is over enough to where they didn't need one another for Orange Cassidy to have this moment. I am allowed to disagree with the booking of people that I do like. I still love Danhausen, but I'm with Justin on this one. I don't think he belonged in this segment. And look, the best friends had manners. They waited until after the bell rang to come down. No, Danhausen had to stick his fucking nose, dressed up like whatever the fuck he was, to, you know, prevent Pac from, you know, trying to grab his title and make sure that it was intact. No, no. This guy is the closest fucking thing he'll get to sniff in a main event. And he has to fucking go in there and fuck with Pac's business. And I hope Pac beats the shit out of him. You didn't see the Lucha Brothers out there, did you? Here's my other thing. Danhausen's only going to stay over in AEW for so long unless they let him start picking up wins. How about see? How about he wins a match? How about we try that? Oh, dude, no, he's nothing more than just gimmick. That's what he's. He, is it dumb though? Because he could be over. I mean, what they're doing is basically kind of what he was doing in Ring of Honor to an extent, but he was doing it in Ring of Honor at the time because he had a broken goddamn leg. What's his excuse now? Okay, so send him over to Ring of Honor so I don't have to watch him. Because there's no Ring of Honor yet to send him to. 
okay, well, send them to Purgatory, Ring of Honor. I don't know. You know what? You're going to go to Purgatory perched on the top rope. That's where you're going to go, young man. You keep bad-mouthing the greatest wrestler of all time. You keep bad-mouthing the man who invented professional wrestling. You keep bad-mouthing the man who taught the 16th president of the United States of fucking America how to wrestle, Danhausen. That's right, Abe Lincolnhausen was taught how to wrestle by Danhausen. Uh, you can quote me on that all day long, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, Justin, show some respect. That's funny. Greatest wrestler of all time. He's not even the greatest wrestler to appear on Dark, okay? Show some respect. Yeah. I'm back to being on the Danhausen train. I didn't like that segment, but you'll show respect overall. Yeah, and you know what? When when you know what? When you lace up a pair of boots, young man, then you can wrestle Danhausen and you can be the one to go to sleep. And then you know what? You're gonna come onto the show and we're gonna sit there and it's gonna be perched on the top rope housing, featuring Justin Hausen. I swear to God, that better never happen. Ever. And there it is. Why are we even giving this fucking man a platform? Why are we still talking about him? Are we talking about why do you give Dan Hausen a platform or why do you give me a platform? No, uh, Dan Hausen. Same reason you give Pretty Deadly a platform. Because they are the greatest tag team in NXT. Yes, boy! See, yeah, no, 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 no. You can stop right there. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. okay. Lee, name me another team in NXT that's better than Pretty Deadly. I can't even name the fucking team you just said. Exactly. (laughs) I can name Pretty Deadly, and it's only because you don't shut the fuck up about them. Otherwise, I can't tell you about a single team in NXT. And I'm okay with that, to be honest with you. I know the show's getting better. I know it's changing this and that. But I don't have time to watch all this fucking wrestling. Are we just going to pretend like the Creed brothers don't exist, Justin? They could out-wrestle pretty deadly every day of the week. At this point at Halloween Havoc, they may not exist. Because you know what? When Damon Kemp throws uh, Julius Creed in that ambulance, Big Brew, his career's done, buddy. Okay. Bro, you you underestimate the the uh, dark horse in this whole entire story. You underestimate the fact that Roddy is going to return and absolutely decimate Damon Kemp. Damon Kemp, who we're talking about, one quarter of the undisputed era, one of the greatest factions of all time. Roger Strong's going to return and beat the living hell out of Damon okay. Kemp. Okay, and we're talking about the 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 brother of the greatest WB superstar of all time, Gable Stevenson. Okay. We're oh, you mean the one? Roddy- you mean the. You mean the one that's going to be on the next uh, future endeavored list? Oh, 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 you know what? That may be true, but you know what? I'm not going to get into it with you, okay? Why? Because I'm right? No, you're not right. I'm not going to tell you you're right. Bro, they've even said it's it's even wrong, right? It's it's even been reported that Triple H is not high on him and has no plans for him. So you really think, you really, really think that they're going to be like, oh man, let's, uh, Let's let's give his brother everything after he fucked us over after we paid millions of dollars into a promotion into this guy. Nah, but he's gonna be fed to Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong's gonna destroy his ass, and then he's gonna head to the main roster, make tons of money, and then Damon Kemp is gonna join his brother on the future endeavor list. Yeah, you know what's funny? You bring up Roderick Strong and the fact that he was part of the Undisputed Era. How's the Undisputed Era doing right now, by the way? How are they? You know, uh, pretty pretty rude of you to talk about Adam Cole's possibly career-ending injury. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, 
Bobby Fish is becoming the biggest superstar in Impact Wrestling right now. Sure and is. and Kyle O'Reilly is a dad. Leave him alone. And you know what's going to happen after all of that, Justin? Triple H is going to call Vince McMahon. And Vince McMahon's going to do this one last time. After everything Alex said about whoever getting decimated, blah, blah, blah. Because I... Damon Kemp. Damon Kemp. Vince is going to look at him and he's going to say for one last time. You know, that would have been more effective if your mic hadn't cut off most of the noise. Did it really? It sounded like you went underwater for a minute. Yeah. Let's try that again. Why don't you back up? I completely muted you that time. Why don't you try taking like five steps back and doing it again? Yeah, you might want to. No, do it I'm just not doing it again. Uh, Lisa, Lee Lisa, said, Lee said Vince said that you know you're fired. Anyway, yeah, guys, Orange Cassidy is the new All Atlantic champion. Who? Yeah, that's great. Well, I mean, it was only a matter of time before they made Pac not a double champion. Let's be honest. As soon as I saw that they that they were giving them the main event slot and the fact that it was in Canada and not in the U S I I'm like, okay, we're getting a title change. Listen, the biggest thing that came out of AEW this week for me anyway, is how, well, yeah, there's that 10 do it again. I was, how is that not the biggest thing that came out of AEW? That was the thing I popped for the most. The perfect 10, Sean Spears is back, and he's back under the perfect 10 gimmick. Wait, we're not talking about Preston Vance from the Dark Order? No. Why won't we? Well, you said 10. No, no, no. 10. 10. Oh, that that, that Ty Dillinger fellow. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Ty Dillinger fellow. Yeah. I, I, I just love how, I love how his new music is a complete ripoff of his WB theme. Yeah, oh, but like you can't even be mad at that because TNA was doing that for years. Go back and listen to Booker T's theme AEW song. does it all the time with some. Yeah, every every bro, everybody does it except for WWE. Yeah. Go back no, and listen. No, because NXT has done that shit with some people's indie themes where they do a complete ripoff. Yep, but like my the biggest one I ever heard was if you go back and listen to Booker T's TNA theme song, it was almost identical to his WWE theme song, but they put like some synth over it. It's like when yeah. uh, X factor used that uncle cracker song for their theme. And instead oh, of like editing out the words, uh, somebody just in the background went X factor. <laughs> That's incredible. But yeah, no, I wanted to talk about that real quick. Cause like how dope is it to have the perfect time character back at one point, that was one of the most over characters in WWE. It gives him new life because, like, if you remember, like in the Royal Rumble when he came out at the ten spot, we all like popped because it was awesome and the whole crowd erupted. Right. You know, so it's hearing dope. it was was dope. But, I hope Tony. I hope Tony gives him room to actually spread with this character where WWE did not allow him to. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. I, I he hasn't really he gotten a fair. He hasn't really gotten a fair shake yet on anything. No, for sure, not. You also, know. side note, it is interesting to see uh, Samoa Joe has replaced MJF in the pinnacle. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> the, the pinnacle house. That's literally what it is. Yeah. It, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, 
I wish it was Danhausen so we could have called it the Pinnaclehausen. Uh, can we stop the fucking talk about that fucking juggalo? No, because you know what? Now we're we're gonna talk about what I what, what I was gonna bring up is what I thought was like the biggest highlight of AEW Dynamite for me. Can we talk about how over daddy asses? Oh yeah. Like it's... Billy Gunn is just so fucking over right now. You know what's fucking crazier, man, after seeing the DX reunion on Monday? Billy Gunn is the oldest one out of the five, and he looks the best out of all of them. Yeah, that's steroids. <laughs> but he's in great fucking shape, man. Yeah, because of steroids. Steroids. Well, okay, okay. We'll move it's on. literally it's literally why he got fired from WWE. Yeah. He went to a bodybuilding competition and he did steroids and they tested him. They found it. It got reported back to WWE and he got canned. Listen, buddy, you don't want me to talk down on Dan Housen. Don't you talk down on daddy ass. Okay. Dude, I I love daddy ass. I'm just stating facts is all. Uh, I think it's funny that the daddy ass match and segment were more over than the entire DX segment. Well, uh, let's be honest. The the DX thing sucked. That was just a, a cheap pop for a bunch of old men that are lucky to kind of just be relevant. The well, ending, the ending segment, the ending DX segment. They only, the they only gave it about like 10 minutes. If even yeah. the ending segment sucked, the opening segment of the show with DX was fucking hilarious. Yeah, that was funny. That was funny. But like, you know, the ending segment was fucking dumb and was just unnecessary. And it's because the, the opening, the opening segment was more parodying like the nineties version of DX where the ending segment was like 2006 DX. Yeah, it was literally like, come out, do your shtick, say your shit, and then go home. Sell merch while you're there. I liked, I liked while Road Dog, like, you know, threw the spots, you know, for Billy Gunn and stuff. And then, you know, he tweeted that WWE did try to get Billy Gunn. You know, it just wasn't going to happen. It made the reunion, like, kind of weird not having him there, knowing that he's doing what he's doing, but... I, I, for one, aside from the opening segment, just wasn't a fan. I could have honestly just done without a DX reunion, to be honest with you. I could have just they do completely it done without it. You, you know for sure, though, if Billy Gunn had been able to show up, the crowd would have hijacked that segment and it would have been filled with daddy-ass chants. I'm honestly surprised that we didn't have that. Yeah, even yeah. without him. I'm shocked that right after Road Dog let the, the fans do the shtick for Billy Gunn, that right. it didn't immediately turn into a daddy-ass chant. Right. Yeah, and it, and it should have. But oh, I just wasn't a fan of it. That, that was just my take on that. It just... It's oversaturated at this point. Yeah, you know, I get that it's been 25 years, and we actually got DX, like, you know, bleeps and stuff like that, which was... Which was neat in the beginning, but that ending, that that segment was just, it was like Triple H and HBK taking on the Brothers of Destructions one last time. Can we not talk about that? I, I like to forget that that was Shawn Michaels' last match, Lee. Thank you. Well, now you get to remember it. I don't like to remember bald Shawn Michaels. But... I mean, daddy ass in AEW right now is just so over. It's incredible that to see guys like him and Jericho and uh, 
other legends like Kazarian and Christopher Daniels be able to be in the business for so long, you know, like Christopher Daniels, AJ Styles, WCW, 1999, 2000, having matches, you know, 2022, still completely relevant in the business today. Not only is he relevant, but he's probably like the second most over person in the company right now. I would, I would argue, I would argue that maybe third, I would argue that the only people that are really ahead of him right now are John Moxley and Daniel Garcia. Yeah. And, you know, we were fortunate enough to interview him at Heroes Hideout in Albany, New York. Ladies and gentlemen, you'll be able to check that out at youtube.com slash perched on the top rope. You'll also be able to check it out anywhere podcasts are found from Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Red Circle, Podbean, Podbay, you name it, we are on there. It's Perched on the Top Rope. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash perched on the top rope, where we are closing in on 11,000 likes. Every Sunday, you can catch Alex at twitch.tv slash perched on the top rope, streaming anything and everything video game related, as he just had a WWE 2K22 tournament to crown a new champion as the hosts of Perched on the Top Rope and Perched on the Top Shelf. Uh, we're dressed in gimmicks that of characters we're not fans of. Alex had a uh, created character of himself in pretty deadly like uh, ring attire. I happen to be a huge fan of Judgment Day, so that's what my character got. I'm basically black and purple, black and purple. And then there's Justin Hausen, who, well, I just gave it away. He's literally Dan Hausen as Justin. You are so full of shit. You hated Judgment Day up until just now. That was the point. I was being sarcastic. Yeah, no, no, I'm calling you out. No, that was being sarcastic. You're welcome. I'm not welcome. Okay. So you can catch that as this week. Alex will be streaming the greatest wrestling game of all time because it's still the greatest. It is WWF No Mercy from the Nintendo 64. Ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to vlogging, being at the shows, the Perched Correspondent, you can catch these videos at youtube.com slash Perched on the Top Rope, and you can catch his vlogs at shows that we're also not at because I don't always go to every show, and Justin goes to three times the amount that I do. YouTube.com slash Trust. I believe he has an episode coming out either today or tomorrow in regards to being at Monday Night Raw this past week. So... That will be out this upcoming Monday, uh, premiering at 12 p.m. But while you wait for that, we do have vlogs for uh, the Impact Bound for Glory pay-per-view, as well as the TV tapings. So that will hold you over for the weekend. So go and enjoy those, ladies and gentlemen. You can also catch us on Twitter, where we originally broke the news that Colin Delaney is headed back to WWE. It is Perched Top Rope. You can also find us on Instagram at Perched on the Top Rope Podcast. You can also find us on TikTok, where we recreate the greatest wrestling moments using Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On because that song makes everything better. So you can catch those Selena scenes at TikTok. It's Perched on the Top Rope. 
And if those don't tickle your fancy, well, ladies and gentlemen, it's pinned. So you can go watch WCW's The Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan, get humped by a dog. That's right. I said The Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan, get humped by a dog. You uh, got yourself every- on that one. Uh, it gets me every time, believe it or not. I just laugh inside now. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Perched on the Top Rope. Remember, this episode and every news episode is Fridays at 1230. Sundays at 1230, you can catch Perched on the Top Rope interviews. And this week, we're going to drop Larry Sabisco. But after this episode, you get a bonus interview from when we interviewed the Good Brothers when they were with Impact Wrestling. So let me get through this and stay tuned. It's coming right up, I promise. I got to take a breather on this one. Holy crow. I'll take over for you for a minute, Lee. Um, if, If interviews on podcasts are not your fancy and you prefer to watch said interviews in video format, you can also take a trip over to youtube.com slash perch on the top rope where on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 12 o'clock, we drop spoilers of the interviews for that week or smaller interviews that we may have saved in the vault. And on Thursdays, we drop the full interviews. You can check all of those out over at Perched on the Top Rope. We have roughly over 200 videos on our growing YouTube channel now. Go over, give us a like, give us a subscribe, help us out. We're trying to make it there on YouTube, and we can use all the help that we can get. There you go. I bought you some time. Did you breathe, old man? Oh, I was fine. So, ladies and gentlemen, you can also catch... Uh, perched on the top shelf, which drops Wednesdays at 1230. So if you are a toy collector in the realm of the WWF LJNs, the WWF Hasbros, Bone Crunchers, anything from Jax when it comes to the classics, WW Elite, AEW figures, and more. I would say, ladies and gentlemen, spoiler free is the way to be, but we chose not to so uh yeah nah we're not spoiler free have a good night scissor me daddy lee